0: The World Health Organization this week urged caution about the use of artificial intelligence in healthcare. While the WHO acknowledged growing excitement about AI's potential benefits, they also expressed concerns that doctors, patients, researchers, and scientists aren't exercising the same amount of caution with AI as they have with other new health technology. Adopting AI in the healthcare space too quickly, they said, could lead to errors by healthcare workers, cause harm to patients as well as undermine future AI applications in healthcare by eroding public trust. This is Pulse Check. I'm Megan Messerly. Democrats on the House Ways and Means Committee voiced skepticism this week about the ability of health savings accounts to reduce healthcare costs for low-income Americans, a bad omen for Republicans looking to expand HSAs this year. Republicans have long argued that HSAs incentivize people to seek the best quality at the best price, but Democratic opposition could doom efforts in the Senate to expand HSAs. The Department of Veterans Affairs has renegotiated a contract with Oracle Cerner, the vendor responsible for the troubled rollout of the department's new electronic record system. Under the new contract, Oracle will have to meet higher performance metrics and could face penalties if it fails to meet negotiated benchmarks. The new contract includes five one-year terms, which will allow the VA to negotiate changes annually. And Senator Bernie Sanders, chairman of the Senate Health Committee, is launching a push to pour nearly $200 billion of new money into the healthcare system. Daniel Payne interviewed Sanders and is here with the details.
1: Hey, Megan. Thanks for having me.
0: So Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders is one of the Senate's most powerful committee chairs, and he has a new push. Can you walk me through a little bit about what he's hoping to accomplish?
1: Yeah, so... Earlier this week, our colleague Burgess Everett and I sat down with the senator to discuss this new plan that he has to address the healthcare workforce shortages and primary care access issues. So bottom line, it's not
0: quite complicated. This is an issue where I think there is uh, the American people desperately want us to act. I think there is uh, support across the political spectrum, and I intend to do everything that I can to substantially increase the healthcare workforce.
1: That's it. So these policies are some of the biggest things on the minds of providers of all types, from hospitals, to doctors, to nurses, dentists, across the board. And it's also something that's on the minds of patients that are having to wait a long time to get care, whether it's primary care or really throughout the whole health system. So Sanders is sort of saying, with this investment, we need to act boldly. We need to make a big push to do something about this. And that's what this package is supposed to do.
0: But on this issue... Do we need more doctors? Go out and talk to the most conservative Republicans. What are they going to tell you? Do we need more uh, psychologists and counselors and addiction specialists? I don't think you can invite too many people who say we don't. So the question is, if we agree that there is a crisis, if we agree that inaction will only make the crisis work worse, do we have the political will to do what we have to do for the American people? That's about it in one sense. So what exactly is in this package? So the specifics are still
1: emerging, but generally we know that there's going to be a lot of money set aside over five years for community health centers should this pass. And there's also going to be a really big investment in workforce training, including residency slots funded by the government to train more doctors, but really training of all types, nurses, again, dentists, all sorts of health providers across the spectrum. And he said that there's a big focus on primary care here, partly because that's one of the most used parts of the health system, and also because it's seen by policymakers as a way to prevent future costs. If we can care for people early on, we won't have to spend as much to care for them down the line when conditions have gotten
0: worse. So the goal here is obviously saving money in the long run because you've managed these conditions on the front end, but I imagine this is going to take some upfront investment by Congress. How much money is this expected to cost?
1: This is a really, really big package compared to earlier funding for these programs. It's nearly $200 billion over five years. So that's 130 billion over five years for community health centers and 60 billion over that same time period for workforce training and just building up the health workforce. And inside of that 60 billion, 15 billion would be for graduate medical education. And that's things like residency slots to train more doctors. The help committee has had hearings on these issues really since this Congress began. It's been one of the most important issues not only for providers and patients, but also for senators. They've all on both sides of the aisle acknowledged that this is an important issue that needs to be addressed, that there aren't enough healthcare workers to handle the caseloads that we're seeing in this country, even now that the emergency phase of the pandemic is over, according to the federal government. That said, how it gets done, how Congress addresses those issues is sort of a separate question.
0: Right. So that kind of leads me into my next question. It sounds like there's agreement that there's a problem here. But what is the likelihood Senate Republicans and House Republicans are going to endorse Sanders' legislative proposal? It
1: is, I would say, exceedingly small. The ranking member on the Republican side of the committee, Senator Cassidy, sent a statement to us saying that just be realistic. This is a huge increase. He said something like 500 percent increase in funding. And another way to contextualize this is to look at what's happening in the House. Yesterday on the House side, they were considering similar proposals, particularly for community health centers. And the funding that they were considering, the funding boost was for a shorter period of time and for much, much less than the Sanders plan. So I would say it's really small and it remains to be seen. These are issues coming into Congress that the help committee members really thought would be bipartisan. It seemed to be fertile ground for agreement across the aisle to get something done. And I think this package makes you wonder what happens next, how negotiations proceed from here and how far maybe Sanders is willing to come down off of this original plan and how much publicans are willing to come up to compromise on this.
0: All of this is so interesting and I'm sure you'll be keeping a close eye on developments and negotiations on a possible compromise as they progress. But thank you so much for joining me today, Daniel. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Megan. And that's our show. Our music is by the Mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah and Annie Reese are our producers. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ahmond is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Megan Messerly. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting: Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.